morning. God bless you. Thank you for those joining us on Facebook today. Amen. We do miss you guys. We want you to uh, to know that. I echo what Pastor Johanna said, just a heartfelt cry, and I think it's important. Let me tell you, if you're still going and buying groceries and going to Lowe's and doing all that, you'll be a lot safer here, hallelujah, than you are in those places. So just look forward to you coming back. Thank you for being here this morning. Have your Bible want to read with us. We're going to read from 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, verses 41 through 46, entitled, Do You See What I Hear? Do You See What I Hear? You can't hug anybody, but just look, look over to them and wave at them this morning. Just give them a wave. <laughs> Do you see what I hear? This is the story of Elijah. And it says in verse 41, Elijah then said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Can somebody say amen to the reading of God's word? You can be seated today. You know, one thing I want to remind you of, you know, and in, in even in this past week, um, in my time with God, I've just really, in spite of everything that we have seen, I'm telling you I have felt tremendous uh, anticipation and hope for what's ahead. Uh, absolutely. And uh, it almost sometimes seems strange to to feel that way when everything says the other way as far as what we can see. Uh, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, this is a story of a people that's been in a famine. They've been in a drought for three and a half years. Now, we would not know uh, that except in the New Testament, in the book of James, the 5th chapter, the 17th verse, it said that Elijah was a man that had actually prayed for a drought. Now, you've got to remember this is under the old covenant. This is under the law when all this happened. And uh, their blessings was all contingent upon what they did. Uh, we look in the book of Haggai, we find out that God said he called for a drought upon the land and upon all the work of their hands because his house hadn't been neglected, had uh, left abandoned. And uh, so that's what the word of God declares. And this is under the law, and this is in that kind of time period. And it's, I think it's extremely important that you keep that in mind. But there was barely enough food. People were barely surviving. And then Elijah shows up, and he says to King Ahab, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And, and when he said that, you got to understand, there wasn't even a cloud in the sky. 
There was no indication that there would be any rain. But we know in chapter uh, 18, verse 1, God had said to Elijah, to, I want you to go and show yourself to Ahab, and when you do show yourself to him, he said, I am going to send rain. God said what his intentions were. God said that he wanted to, to send rain, and yet Ahab believed the word, I mean, uh, Elijah believed the word of God. Ahab didn't believe it, but he began to declare that there was rain coming. And uh, there was no sign of it at all, but he chose to believe, listen, what he heard in his spirit instead of what he saw with his eyes. What did his eyes see? His eyes saw drought and famine and barrenness. But down in his spirit, there was something speaking to him. There was a sound of the abundance of rain. And let, let me tell you something. They, I didn't realize the songs they were going to sing, but there's been a lot of songs about faith. And they're talking about faith. And this is what faith is all about. you got to believe in what you hear in your spirit and what you hear in your heart more than what you see with your eyes. In other words, what he saw with his eyes was just the opposite. But see, it's what you hear in your heart, what God's saying to you. That still, small voice that's speaking to you. Most of the time, we don't get quiet enough to hear it. And, uh, but but you, you hear abundance in your spirit. But in your eyes, you see lack. You hear health, you hear, you hear healing, but in, with your sight, then you may see sickness. The reports may not be lining up with everything. You, you hear rain, but you see drought. And, and it's easy to, to talk yourself out of what God wants to do. Now, God is saying that there's about to be abundance and favor in your life. But the drought, the, the, the drought is saying something else. It's, it's what your eyes see. Uh, the medical report still says this or still says that. I know that something that I had mentioned, and it's been over a month ago now. Uh, you know, you would think that the pandemic and all this going on, and, and that's how I feel. You probably feel the same way. But you notice that even though that's in our lives, that's disrupted our lives, but the other challenges that come our way, they're still there. In other words, it, it's not like you get any mercy. So, so, I mean, you do from God, but I'm talking about as far as life. In other words, problems still happen. You still have difficulties in your life. And so I know even, even a month ago, right in the middle of all this and so many things, and some things that I can't even, even say because they would involve people and personal things that, that, that you can't tell. But so many, in other words, if there was no pandemic, I've had enough things going on to bring tremendous stress, pressure, and pain in my life. And it's, you know, and even I, I even set out one day, I said, you know, the pandemic itself is enough without all this other going on. And so you got to decide what you're going to hear during those times. And so I went to a, 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 to a physician, just a routine check, wasn't expecting anything, and come out with uh, a blood test results that said you may have uh, cancer. How about that word? I've never been told that before. You, they said you have a 20% chance of having uh, XYZ type cancer. What does that mean? That means you got an 80% chance that you don't have it. It's what you got to think about. <laughs> and if you don't have that kind of attitude, and so for, 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 he said, the doctor said, we're going to put you on these strong medications for 20 days. And after 20 days, then we want you to come back and get your blood drawn again. And then after you get your blood drawn, then you got to wait another 10 days, and then we'll tell you if you got cancer or not. So you got you a full month to decide what you're going to think about. How many knows I'm human just like the rest of you? And I've never had somebody look at you and say you may have cancer in your body. 
It's not a good feeling. It doesn't make you go, well, praise God for that. You praise God in that, but you don't praise God for that. And what do you do? You have to decide. You got, you, you got this. And so I've had to come preach to you every Sunday with all that going on and with other things going on. But you, you, you got to go with what you hear in your spirit. What I heard was healing, but what I saw was this. They said this, this, this is the results, and this is the test, and this, this is that. But it's like what Elijah said. I know that it looks bad. He said, but I hear the sound of abundance. All I see is lack. All I see is sickness. All I see is disease. All I see is that. But there's something on the inside of me that when I get along with God that I hear abundance, I hear rain, I hear the sound of God doing something. And I want to tell you, that's what I feel. I feel that not only for this church, I feel that for this nation. You know, my, I was telling my wife yesterday, a lot of us probably saw on our news feeds that there's a great debate right now with, it, what happened to the North Korean leader. Is he alive? Is he dead? Uh, is, he, is, he, is he in the vegetative state? Is he this or is he that? But, you know, and, 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 and you may think neither here nor there, but, but my wife knows this and, and many others because I actually preached it around uh, 2000, 1999-2000. But I was, we went on vacation one summer, and it was just an unusual time. Uh, I went to the beach, and I never went to the beach. <laughs> in other words, I stayed in the condo. I, I, uh, I could have went, I just, but I got caught up with God that week in such a special way. And I remember one of the things that God, I, I believe, showed me that the day would come that they would not be North Korea and South Korea, it would just be Korea. And that following Sunday, I came back to the church that I was pastoring at that time, and, and I declared that, uh, you know, that that's what I saw, among a lot of other things that in, that, in that time that summer with God. And, and, and this, this could be that. This could be that. God's always working. God's always moving to bring about uh, his eternal sovereign plan. Can you say amen to that? And, and so Elijah, he told Ahab, notice this. Now, he says to him, he says, go up, eat, and drink. In other words, have a party. In other words, celebrate what God is about to do. God's not done it yet, but God's about to do it. So go ahead and eat and drink and have a party. What's God saying to us? There's power in celebrating in what you don't see yet. In other words, to have faith. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance. She said it this morning of things hopeful. The evidence is not there, but the faith is already there. And so he said, I want you, Ahab, to go ahead and celebrate and go ahead and eat and drink because the rain's coming. Ahab probably thought, you're just a crazy old prophet. <laughs> you know, but he said, go eat and drink. There's power in celebrating. You know, uh, Joshua taught us that when they were marching around the walls of Jericho. And he said, shout. The shout came before the walls came down. Anybody can shout when the walls is down. Anybody can praise God when everything looks like there's a praise God to be had. But when you can praise God when you don't see it, that's, that's, that's what makes the difference. That's what faith does in our life. And so, and then in this something, in this 18th chapter, you've got to remember the most famous thing about Elijah is that Mount Carmel experience, right? That encounter with the false prophets of Baal where he goes up and he literally prays fire down from heaven. I mean, everybody knows that about Elijah, right? When you think of Elijah, you think he prayed fire down. I mean, he had this great contest on the top of Mount Carmel. And, 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 and this is, is, that I've read to you today is occurring after that. In other words, this is after that. After that great encounter and those, those 450 prophets of Baal were destroyed by the hand of Elijah. I mean, uh, God was doing awesome things. And, and, and this is occurring after that. And, and, and then it says this, 
God told Elijah, I'm going to send rain. This is, in other words, God expressed to Elijah his desire for the earth. I want to send rain. I want to break this drought. I want to end this virus. I want to bring a stop. In other words, when God declares his desire for the earth, we don't sit home, you know, cross our arms and say, well, God's going to do it. God spoke to Elijah and said, I want to send rain. But what did Elijah do? He partnered with God. He joined forces with God, if you will. So look what it says. It says he went up on the top of Mount Carmel and he put his face between his knees. Now, why do we care what posture he's in? Why do we care that he's putting his face between his knees? Because every person that reads this from that time period understands that that was the position of childbirth. That, that, that is the position in the Middle East of a woman birthing something. Not like it is they put their face between the knees and they birth something. Do you understand what, what Elijah is doing? He is getting in the position to pray. And he's going to co-labor and cooperate. And he's going to partner with God to bring to the earth that that God has expressed to him that he wants. we got, we got to do the same thing. I mean, we love grace, believe in grace, and thank God for the amazing grace of God. But that doesn't make us idle and lazy. It makes us uh, responsible, really, to, to, to discern the heart of God and to pray into that thing that God's trying to reveal to us. This is what God wants. God says, I want to bring healing to this nation. I want to bring the move of my spirit to this nation. I want to bring an end to this virus that the enemy has launched against uh, God's people. I want to bring an end to this. this anything that still kills and destroys is not from God. It, uh, God. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life. I've come to give you not just life and then survival. I've come for you to have abundant life, to have abundance. That's what Elijah was able to see. He said, I, I hear the sound of the abundance. See, I hear a sound in my spirit that God says, I want to bring abundance to this nation. I want to bring a, abundance to the economy. I want to bring an abundance to the church of God. I want to bring an abundance to, to God's people. You say, well, it looks like drought. It looks bad. It looks, yeah, I know what it looks, but that ain't what God's saying if you listen in your spirit. That's not what you'll hear. <coughs> you'll hear abundance because that's what God's saying. He's declaring that he has abundance. And, and listen to me. It's significant to me. Thank you, Pastor Adam. It's significant that, that uh, the Bible said Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel to do his praying. In other words, he's, he's praying from a place of previous victory. He's praying from a place where he has seen God move. In other words, I'm not talking about necessarily a physical geographical location, but I'm telling you this, when you begin to cooperate with God and you're praying for the opposite of what you're seeing with your eyes, you have to pray from a position that I've seen God do bigger than this. I've seen God do greater and you have to pray from a position of victory. In other words, you don't go to the basement. You go to the top of the Mount Carmel. In other words, everybody's got a Mount Carmel experience. In other words, it may not be as dramatic. But listen, one of the most amazing verses I've already mentioned to you in the New Testament is James chapter 5, 17, where the Bible says Elijah is a man with a nature just like ours. The New International Version says Elijah is just like us. Do you think that you're just like Elijah or that Elijah is just like you? Probably not. When a Christian hears the word Elijah, you think Mount Carmel, 
powerful man, prayed fire down from heaven, great man of God, right? That's the first thought, really, I think, that comes in most people's minds. But James said, I want you all to know that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. And then he remind, and then to, to further seal the deal with us, he said, for Elijah was a man with a nature just like you. And he prayed that it might not rain, and the heavens withheld the rain for three and a half years. And then he said he prayed again that it might rain, and the, and the rains came. In other words, he's trying to say that prayer makes a, a difference. He's and, and you say, well, he said the effective of prayer of a righteous man. You know I've taught you who the, the righteous man and woman is. That's who just been gifted their righteousness by grace from Jesus Christ. When you got born again, you became righteous, and, and you're not just righteous in God's eyes like he's kidding with himself, playing games with himself. You're righteous because your righteousness was not something you achieved. It's something you received when you got born again. And so you're righteous, and you have to pray knowing that you're right in right standing. What makes you right with God? Jesus Christ is what made you right with God. Putting your faith in Christ and his finished work, that's what made you right with God. And so Elijah is just like us. And he's really just like a lot of us. And you've got to remember that. Can I pray fire down? Sure you can. Listen, I don't think Elijah just all of a sudden said, well, you know what, I believe I'll, play, I'll pray for a drought. I believe God was withholding because under that old covenant, the, the blessing of God was contingent, remember, on their obedience to the law. And, and, and they were not obedient at all in this time. In fact, they were idol worshipers. They had turned Israel into an idol worshiping nation. They had turned to the false gods of Baal. And I'm talking about the king and queen, Ahab, Jezebel, had begun to declare. And she, the Bible says she slaughtered the prophets of God. This is the leadership of Israel. And, and, and so they, they, you got to understand under that old covenant that their actions brought that drought upon the land. And Elijah was, was, a, was a man who prayed, but he was a man just like us. Because if you just keep reading in, in 1 Kings, you get into chapter 19, then we see that he ends up in a cave. He ends up in depression. He actually ends up begging God that he might die. It's amazing how we can be so high and one thing can happen and put us so low. We can have faith like Mount Carmel faith and the next day we've got a suicide spirit working against us, begging God to come get us, take us home, feeling sorry for ourselves, looking at ourselves, trusting in ourselves. Elijah started saying things like this. He said, I'm no better than my fathers. Who was I to kid myself to think I could bring about revival? In the land. Who did I think I was that I could be used to bring about a change? Uh, Jezebel hadn't changed. Why, why hadn't she? Because she released a kill order, remember? It said that, that Jezebel sent a message to that prophet. Remember, he's just like us. He got a word from her and she said, By 24 hours from right now, you will be a dead person. I swear to you that I will kill you. And listen to me. And I've told you this before. The Bible says in 1 Kings 19, it says when Elijah saw that, he ran for his life. It didn't say when Elijah heard it. Now here's the same guy that says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And now this same guy is by the threat of one woman 
is saying, I'm, uh, I'm depressed. I can't make it. I see no future. You see how quickly things can change? You got some people that look at what's going on you, you, and, and immediately what faith they thought they had. Listen, I'll tell you one thing we've discovered. A lot of Christians don't believe what they say they believe, and they don't believe what they sing. They have an intellectual faith, but they don't have an experiential faith. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on, we might as well say amen or owe me. But we got, we got to understand that the word of God's true. And when Elijah was dealing with that, the whole key that I always want you to see, you go, well, why would a great prophet like that all of a sudden go from, from, from this kind of faith to begging to die? What, what, what in the world could have happened that would bring him from such a high to such a low place? I've told you it's right there in the Bible and it's right there in chapter 18 and it's also in chapter 19 where Elijah, listen to me, Elijah believed a lie. He believed a lie about himself. And what was that lie? He, he made this statement out of his own mouth. He, listen, he actually made this statement before he went to Mount Carmel. Do you know that you and I can have things that we believe about ourselves that are not true and yet God still uses us mightily? You understand? Do you understand that we can still, we can have lies that are resident in us that we got from religion or tradition or whatever. And yet God's grace still flows abundantly towards us and to us. Elijah said, I am the only one left. And Elijah made that statement. Listen to me. A lot of people miss this. He made that statement out of his mouth before he ever went on top of Mount Carmel and prayed fire down. Was that true? I'm asking you, was that true? It was not true. He, that statement was not true. He was not the only one left, right? In other words, we know we've read the whole book of 1 Kings now. We know that God says to this prophet, i got 7,000 besides you. This never bowed their knee to the false gods of Baal. And so, but yet, listen, prior to going to Mount Carmel, Elijah thought, I'm the only one. I've got to get this done by myself. I, I'm the only person that can do it. Do you know that you and I are not the only person that can get it done? If we refuse to cooperate and co-labor with God, God will raise up someone else. It's the same thing that Mordecai told uh, uh, Esther, right? If, 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 you know, such a time as this, but if you don't obey God, if you don't use your position with the king to save the Jews, he said help will arise from another place. God will do it. I want to tell you, it's a privilege to be able to co-labor with what God's wanting to do. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance. I hear the sound of the abundance. you got to go with that thing that's on the inside of you, that that you hear on the inside of you. The Bible says that, that it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and he said, go show yourself, and I'm going to send that rain. Uh, he sends his servant. He's starting to pray, and he's, he, he's, he's co-laboring with what God wants to do in the earth. But not only was he praying, but he expected things to change. You, got, you and I got to expect things to change around here. We've got to expect things to change in the earth. And I, I don't mean just change because of the virus and the mask and the glove. I'm not talking about that kind of change. I'm talking about a spiritual change. I'm talking about awakening that comes to America and an awakening how much this nation needs God. And, and so 
he tells his servant, he said, go look. Well, he tells him to go look toward the sea because that's where that change. In other words, that's how a cloud's going to come. It, it has to have something to work with. You understand how clouds are formed? Clouds are not formed up there and come down here. Clouds are formed down here and go up there. Now, I'm not talking about on the grace, you know, prayer go up, bless, and come down kind of deal. But there, there is an earth to heaven and a heaven to earth connection. You understand? And what we do down here makes a difference. I have been involved in some tremendous moves of God. I've seen some tremendous, uh, and I, that's all I could call them, sovereign moves of God. I remember in the year 2000, we, we, in the church I pastored, we were, in, we were directly in the middle of a tremendous move of God. It, and, and it wasn't just happening isolated in just one place or this place or or even like the Brownsville revival that happened in Pensacola and things like that that a lot of times we don't even talk about anymore like they're things of the past. But you know what? I'm believing God for another one of those kind of things, for another move of God to happen. However God wants to do it, God's very creative. I remember that uh, in our own church, and, and we, we started hearing about unusual signs and wonders, which the book of Acts chapter 2 said there would be signs and wonders in the last day, signs in the heaven, signs in the earth. And signs point to someone. Signs. I saw a sign driving in from where I live in the county, and I saw a sign that said Valosta City Limits, but I'm not, I didn't stop and preach to it. The sign pointed me to the reality that was inside. And that's what signs. We don't follow signs. Signs follow us. Amen? He says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They, they, God says there will be signs that will follow us. And I've been in, I'm old enough. I've lived long enough. I have seen tremendous moves, sovereign moves of God that really are unexplainable by men. Anything that a man or a religion can't explain, they automatically attribute it to the works of Satan. That's what they did in Jesus' day. They said, well, he cast out devils in the name of Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies, the Lord of the devils. You understand? And I, I remember in our own church, uh, we, we, there was a man that God was greatly using named Bob Shadows. He's with the Lord now. And I saw tremendous moves of God. And I guess that's one thing that always is in the backdrop and the, and the ache of my heart because I've lived it, I've seen it. I've seen in my church where we had people at my church that I pastored was sitting in the seats at 12 noon waiting on the service to start at 7 p.m. that night. And we had to ask them, you got to leave where we can, lock, we can close the church. <laughs> you got to come back. We're going to open the doors an hour before the meeting. And an hour before the meeting in each of those nights of, those, of that, 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 that tremendous move, we had people from every denomination, every, people from every th people that said they didn't even believe in that was lined up to get in. Tremendous move of God. And, that, and, and, and I would pull up and there would be a long line of people waiting to get in the building an hour before the service ever even started. That's not a fairy tale. I lived it. And I, and, and I watched unusual signs and wonders and, and, and miracles occur. I told you, to me, I mean, I saw many things. But one of the most notable things I saw, I saw this sweet little Methodist lady, older lady with, with a Parkinson disease, shaking. She could not hold her body still. She just shook all the time. I didn't know the lady ahead of time, and, but she came up in, in, the, uh, in the meeting at, for prayer. And I watched as Bob Shadows laid his hands. We were going along together praying for, for all these people. And I watched as he put his hands on this woman 
She never shook again. I mean, instantly and immediately, the Parkinson disease left her body. I remember she was so moved by that. Of course, obviously, who wouldn't? I mean, that disease left her body. She went back to her Methodist pastor and, of course, gave testimony to him. And all the people there knew her. They loved her. She was one of their members. And then they, they have known her for many years. But they saw the power of God. See, then your doctrine and all what you believe and don't believe goes out the window because you cannot deny what God has done. You might say, I don't believe it, but it don't matter. Right? Stand before you. They said, we cannot help but speak the things we've both seen and heard. And I remember that that uh, Bob told me that that Methodist pastor immediately called him and booked him for revival in the Methodist church. And, and signs and wonders and miracles. I remember we saw so many things that God was doing. And I guess the thing that struck me so much is the hunger and, and, the, and the passion that I saw in people's eyes. And, in their, and, and, and they didn't care how long the service lasted. They didn't care, uh, you know, I mean, they would fight you to get a seat. <laughs> I saw that when people are desperate, they'll, they'll be rude. Uh, even at church, because they want to get as close to the power of God. I remember when I first met uh, this man that God was using tremendously, and it was going on all over. I remember I communicated in, uh, in, 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 in Oregon, in Grant Pass, Oregon. I was kind of investigating some things myself. I was trying to see, was all these different people connected with one another with these signs and wonders and, and what was going on. And I remember I communicated with a pastor named Pastor Dale Howell in Grant Pass, Oregon. And they were seeing tremendous, same things that we were seeing, and they had never heard of a Bob Shadows. They didn't even know he existed. And I remember uh, missionaries coming from Mexico uh, ministering over in Baxley, Georgia, and I was in that meeting and the church was packed, one of, the pa one of the churches that I gave oversight to. And we had this uh, Hispanic pastor, uh, his wife and himself from Mexico came and ministered. And, and, and signs and wonders followed their ministry. Tremend and they had never heard of a Bob Shadows. And they had never heard of these. Uh, and yet in that, in that season, in that, in that year or so, God was moving worldwide with that particular signs and wonders and miracles. Salvations was coming. I remember I went over to, to Brunswick, Georgia on a Thursday night, and I got to this church, and me and my wife went, and my youngest son at that time, and we got there way, you know, a couple of hours ahead of time because we thought they would be just a tremendous long line. And there was a, people, a lot of people there, but it was less than what I had anticipated because this guy, Bob Shadows, was coming to that church from Atlanta every week running meetings, and they had been going on for a long time. And I guess the people kind of got, well, we've been there, seen that, done that. You, you understand that that's the nature of humans? You know that God rained down manna from heaven every morning uh, for the, his people during their wilderness journeys. God fed them with his own hand. Do you know what manna means? Manna means what is this? It's Hebrew. What is this? It was an they said, you know what they said when they first tasted it? They said it's angel's food. They said, this is the best thing we've ever eaten. This is the most wonderful thing. And can you imagine getting out of your tent every morning and you get to go out and gather all that you need for you and your family that day? And God was there every day providing, every day. But you know those same people after a while, they said, we're sick of this manna. We're tired of this. We want, to, we want something different. Send in quail. God sent them in quail because they asked for it. And when they got quail, they didn't want that either. Come on, somebody. 
That's just human nature. And so we went to that meeting, and I remember the first time I had uh, uh, met this guy, Bob Charles. And, and down there that night, I was one thing that caught my attention is Channel 4, Jacksonville Eyewitness News was there. When's the last time you've seen a news crew at a church for a good reason? <laughs> I've seen them for bad reasons. We've seen them lately arresting pastors and parishioners for trying to just worship God and go to church. Unprecedented, unheard of. Never thought I'd live to see that. But yet, I, that night, Jacksonville News was standing there with the cameras on their shoulder, and they filmed that service that night. I watched them bring in people on cots. They had flown in. One lady, they had flown her from Quebec by private plane to be in that meeting. When people discern or even think that God's up to something, buddy, they'll, they'll come. They'll come. And, and, and I want to tell you, that's what I've been feeling in my heart. I feel like we're right on the verge here of a great move of God again. And I'm talking about all over the world, but particularly America, across this nation. This virus is really, just as Pastor Johanna said, this, I mean, don't ever get confused by some crazy preachers that God's behind this. God's not behind this. God wants it to end. God don't want anything that kills, steals, or destroys. And God's not mad at nobody. He ain't trying to get nobody's attention with no virus. God tried to get your attention with his son, Jesus. And when, you, when God wants your attention, he points you right back to the cross. Right back to the cross. And look at, look at how much I loved you while you were yet sinners. I did this for you. So I want you to be encouraged. I want you to believe in abundance no matter what your eyes see. I want you to get still with God. I mean, when I've been able to just be alone with God and just get still with God, I, I, you know, I, I wrote a little real short, I mean, just a few words blog a week or two ago, and, 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 I, you know, and I just titled it The Blessing of Boredom. The Blessing of Boredom. And, and I've heard that word a lot. I'm bored. I'm just bored. I've heard my grandkids say it. I've heard adults say it. I've seen people write about it. I'm bored to death. I'm bored to death. But you know what? I've seen a lot of good come out of it. I've seen families being together. I've seen dads and moms with their kids and grand, and I've seen them doing stuff and just taking walk. It just blesses me to see a family, all family young as everybody, walk, just walk by my house. I love to see that. I love to see everybody together walking. I've seen them ride their bike. You could tell some adults, they ain't been on the bike a long time. They're trying to figure out how to ride that bicycle, you know. And, and just, but just doing stuff together. Seen them, you know, fish, fishing in little ponds and creeks and just, just being together as a family. Because I, you can't watch but so much TV. You can't, I mean, some of that, I mean, after a while, that gets to be, okay, well, we, you know, we, we, we've done that. But in my heart, you know, and, 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 and you know, God didn't, God didn't behind it, but there, there is some good that's come out of it. And I think we've realized the importance of church. And when I say church, I don't mean, I, I mean the ability to get together like we are here today. The ability, just the freedom to come and the liberty to come. And so, you know, don't use the virus as an excuse. I don't, I don't need no government. I knew I was essential before they ever said I was. Come on, somebody. I, knew I, I, I ain't waiting on no government, no, no president or governor to tell me I'm essential. And there's really no such thing as a non-essential worker. Everybody's essential. That's ridiculous to say, well, you're essential, you're not essential. Everybody's essential. We're all connected with one another. Everybody's connected with one another. But, but, but God in his house, fail not the assembly, that's always been essential in every generation. 
And, and I understand, and, and I know I'll get it, and don't email me nothing because I know how to hit delete good. But listen, I, I, I'm trying to be understanding, and I'm trying to be that pastor. <laughs> but I, I, but I want to say to you, well, it's just, we got to use wisdom. Yeah, I, I'm about sick of that word too. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I understand that. I was a paramedic for 20 years. But man, but just like me, I went to the doctor a month ago. He said, you got 20% chance you got prostate cancer. I'm like, well, there's a virus going. Ain't that enough by itself? I mean, I don't need this. See, you, I mean, they can stuff come blindside you that ain't got nothing to do with no virus. It's far worse than that. Far worse than that. And the same, you got to have the same God. The same God. I, I got, you know, for, for 30 days I had to keep my sanity because the C word is hanging over you. It's like, a, it's like an anvil on your chest if you let it be. It'll just push you, crush you right down to the ground. And you can worry yourself to death. And, and I would feel myself at times. I'm not saying I'm Superman. I would feel myself at times. I feel that, I feel that thing pulling me in the ditch. And I start thinking about it. Well, what if I go back and they say I got? And then what if I did? And, and, then, and then I'm tempted to get on Google and see what, you know, what all the results of that is and what the treatment. You know, I, I, not one time did I do that. I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm focusing on God. I'm going to focus on the positive. By your stripes. Now, I, I, I did quote, by your stripes I'm healed more than I normally quoted <laughs> over this past month. I mean, that's fresh on my lips. I'm quoting it every day. I'm declaring the word of God over my life. I'm, de I'm declaring, you know, because, I mean, I, you can play that video. That's why Elijah went from being Carmel top mountain experience to being big God to kill me right here because it said when Elijah saw that. See, you can see your funeral. You can go ahead and say, well, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to die. This is just take me. You can see all of that. Your mind has the ability to play a horror movie of your own making. And if you're not careful at night, you'll actually dream a dream that will confirm your horror. But it's because you got your thoughts on that. you got your mind. Ain't God ain't sending you no message. That's just the enemy trying to torment you. Fear hath torment. I thank God for all the little signs I've seen in people's yard. We choose fear, uh, faith over fear. You can't let fear dominate you. You can't, you know, just because they fly the planes into the towers, you can't stop going outside. Our nation looked like we would have learned that already. Well, it's got to use wisdom, brother. Yeah, we've got to use wisdom. Listen, until everybody gets exposed, we're going to be wrestling with this a while anyway. But God's designed these bodies to say, you're not doing this to me no more. And, you, I mean, and the reality is you can't believe half, more than half of what you read. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care what news outlet it is. You just can't believe. The only thing I know that I can believe and I know is true is the Word of God. And that's not, that's not a terrible place to live. But just stand in faith in God's word. And so, but to me, if you ask me, and I'm just being real with this, because I wouldn't have preached this if I didn't think this. When you get quiet with God, Pastor Dale, and you just listen with your spirit, what do you hear? I hear abundance. I hear a different sound than the sound the world is declaring. I hear the sound of the abundance and just abundance. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain because rain means it's going to bring the crops. It's going to turn it green. It's going to bring a harvest. It's going to bring economic things. It's going to bring, I hear the sound of abundance. The enemy is trying to paint a bleak picture for the future and for the world. He loves all that. He loves to use fear, manipulate fear. That's, the whole, that's all he's got is fear. But if you believe the lies, you empower the liar.
But if you believe the truth, it'll set you free. It'll set you free. Because it's, it's, it's the power of what you believe. Right believing will equal right living. It'll, it'll, it'll equal how you approach each and every day of your life. And so you have to discipline yourself not to get caught up in all this stuff. And, and, and listen, we're, we're not going to even get caught up in all the politics. I mean, we're Christians first and foremost. We're children of God, saints of God, sons and daughters of God. None of that's changed. And, 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 and even of late, you just, it's, just, it's just such a, there's such a vile thing that's loosed in this earth as far as the, you know, I understand that the enemy is called the prince and the power of the air, and he wants to control the airwaves and the media and all that stuff and to just use those false prophets to prophesy the lies. But it's, the church has to, can't, can't remain silent. You got to say, I see abundance. I don't care what they say. I see abundance. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I know what my eyes see. I ain't stupid. I got eyes I can see. I, I got ears, I, but that's not what I'm going by. I'm going by what I hear in my spirit. And what I hear is a move of God. And really, I'm excited. I, you know, I've, I've lived through, I've seen it, I've seen God, I, I, you know, tremendous, tremendous moves of God. And, and, but, but I want to see what God's got next. I mean, God's so creative, what I've seen in the past won't even compare to what God's got in the future for us. I want my, I want, I want my grandkids to see the move of God. I saw tremendous things. And, and now, 20 years later, if I tell people really what we experienced, and it was going on all over the world, the, the people think you're a nut. They think you're an absolute nut. But, we, but I lived it. I saw the gold dust fall down. Whatever it was, it, I'm not saying it was gold, literal, you know, gold. It was that color, though. We lived it. We didn't see one flake either. I remember I was sitting there one night, so tired, third night of the meeting, and I was sitting there, and it was probably about midnight, and I, ha and I had my elbows on my knees, and I was just sitting there looking at the floor, and we had a wood floor because uh, it was a family life center. And I remember this, like right before my eyes, like you dumped a bucket of that in, in right between my shoes. It was so thick, I took my shoe and just made like a highway through it. I remember I would go up each night, and I was sitting there, and the place was packed, and we had every kind of church represented and every kind of denomination. And I, I remember the first night that Bob was in our meetings, and, and when he would start talking about God, this gold flakes would start appearing all over his body, all, and it would just rain upon his. I remember when I first night I saw him in Brunswick, I saw a guy comes out with a black polo shirt and just, you know, khaki trousers or whatever, and by the time he was through preaching Jesus, he was just glittering. I'd never seen anything like it. It was the most weirdest thing. That gets your attention. And I, and I didn't even go there to meet him. I didn't go there to book him or anything. And, he, and I remember that night in Brunswick, he called us. He called me out and, and, and prayed over me. And God showed him I was a pastor and all that stuff. And I remember after the meeting, he came to me. He said, he said, you know, I believe God spoke to me that your church is a regional church and I want to come and, and be with you. People, pastors were there from all over trying to book the guy. And you know how dumb I was? I said, well, I'll pray about it. Because <laughs> it ain't my church, man. You know, I, didn't I just said, I'll pray about it. I said, call me in the morning. I'm staying at the Hampton in Brunswick. I said, call me and I'll give you my answer. I wasn't sure I wanted the guy to come. Really. I knew I was going to catch flag just by that kind of guy coming to my church. People's going to call you all kind of stuff. And I remember I prayed <clears throat> through the night. And I remember that God's, I just had, I, I didn't hear God say, thou shalt have him. I didn't hear that. 
But I just, when he called me, I thought, you know what? He won't even call me. That guy be forgot about that in the morning. He's so busy. So many people messing with him. That guy won't never call me. Sure enough, 10 o'clock, my phone rang. He said, hey, uh, Brother Young, this is Bob Shadows. He said, you, you got a decision? I said, yes, sir, you can come. And we set him up to come in October, I believe it was 99. He came. And we had just gotten our TV cameras going in our church. We were uh, starting a, to launch our TV ministry. And, and he came. And I remember all this stuff was filmed. I just remember seeing so many signs and wonders. And those signs brought people to come out to see that. But when they got there, they heard about Jesus. I remember when I went to Brunswick, I, went, I had a lady in my church that got healed of cancer, terminal cancer. She was healed. That's why I went to Brunswick. She said, I went to Brunswick and got healed. I said, whoa, 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 what? I mean, she was already ashen, gray, lost all her hair from the treatment. I mean, she was dying. And God instantly healed her cancer. I said, I better go to Brunswick and see what's going on. So I went to Brunswick. And I went over there, and, and God just did sovereign things. And, he, and the guy came to, to our church, and, and we had him in this area. We were the first church to host him. And, 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 and so I didn't realize it, but that first night when I went to take the platform after the worship team, I walked on the platform, and I heard the people go, <gasps> and I could hear them doing all that. I didn't realize I was covered with gold dust all over my jacket, front and back. When I got home that night, it was under my clothes, under my T-shirt, on my skin. Amazing. It happened the next night. It happened the following night. People would come up to me. It was so weird. They would take scotch tape and stick it on my coat and pull the gold dust off, and then they would go find sick people, like, like they did handkerchiefs and aprons in Acts 19, and they would lay it on the sick and pray over them to be healed. And many of them were. I can't explain that. We know that whatever that was wasn't healing them. It's Jesus that's the healer. The next church to, to host that pastor was Pastor Mike Hobbs in Tifton. His church wasn't large enough to hold the crowds, and he hadn't built his new church then, so we, they rented the Tift Town Theater. And I remember I went to be in those meetings. And I remember I sat on the stage. It's a theater. It's a theater there right on Main Street in Tifton. And, we, and, and I remember I got there, and I, I, I greeted Bob. Hey, Bob, good to see you again, bro. And so I sat right by him in the meeting. And, uh, and so that night, the host pastor, Mike Hobbs, went to take the meeting after the praise team and when he walked up he was covered just like I was here I was sitting by Bob didn't have one speck on me and it happened each night like that to that host pastor I'm like God what in the world the next place I went was New Covenant here in Valdosta with my pastor at that time L.A. Joyner and I was seated on the second row and Pastor L.A. was in front of me he had on a navy blue blazer and khaki pants and I leaned over to Mike Hobbs It was by my side, Pastor Mike, and I said, listen, I said, we're going to do a test tonight. I said, before the service starts, I guarantee you when Pastor gets up to take the service, he'll be covered with gold dust. Sure enough, he glittered. And me and Mike sat there and didn't have any on us. Mike said, what do you think it means, brother? I said, what I believe it means is God is saying, I'm doing something to show that those pastors that are, that, that are hosting my presence, that are embracing the stigma. Do you understand that when Mary looked up to that angel Gabriel and she said, be it unto me according to thy word. And she was a single woman. She was a spouse, but she was a single woman, but she was about to get pregnant. And God wasn't going to explain it for nobody and he wasn't going to show them the video. And so that woman, Mary, Knowing that she was about to say, yes, I'm going to get pregnant before I get married, that's not going to look good. But I don't care. It's you and I want it. Be it unto me according to thy word. That's kind of how it is. 
Mary lived her whole life under that stigma of being accused of being a promiscuous woman that gave birth to a son out of wedlock. That's why they mocked Jesus, <laughs> only begotten. We know who our father is. Our father is Abraham. You don't even know who your daddy is. We heard about your mama. They mocked him all of his life. And God never come to set the record straight. That's not what God's about. It ain't faith. If you got to set the record straight, if you got to prove everything. And so each of those pastors, myself included, God said that you're hosting the move of my glory. It was the glory of God that was visiting us. It was signs and wonders accompanied with miracles, salvations, and tremendous healings. It was unprecedented. And when I think about those days, my heart aches because I see the complacency, lackadaisical attitudes. I see people, oh, it's just, they, 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 boy, if you've ever drank from that cup of the power of God, you want it again. You want more. And I want to say this to you, Grace Point. We can be that church. All God's looking for somebody to say, you know what? And I did this this week in my own time when God began to drop all this in my heart again and stir all this in me. And I said, God, and I literally raised my hand. I said, I volunteer. I volunteer to host you again, to host the move of your spirit. Let it be grace point. We'll take it. We'll accept it. We want you to come to our church even if you're riding on a baby donkey. If, if we can't explain it, we can't define it, we can't categorize it. But, Lord, we want a move of your spirit. We want to see the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the glory and the power and the salvations and the healings of our God. We, we, want, to, we want to be that church, Lord, that says, come, Lord. We'll take it however. It, we just want you. Man, that's the hunger I feel. And out of that right there is where I said, Lord, I hear the sound of the abundance. I hear the sound of revival. I hear the sound of the glorious move of God. I, I hear that sound again. It's been about time. I told God, the other day, I said, it's been 20 years since I've been part of something like that. I'd like to be able to do that thing. I think I got enough strength and energy to go one more, one more again. You know what I'm saying? I want to be involved in that. I want to see the excitement and anticipation on my grandchildren's face when they're just blown away by the power of God, the signs and the wonders and the miracles, and to see the healings. I don't need to see all that to believe in God. I don't need God to prove nothing to me. I'm good if I don't ever see. I've already lived and seen more than I ever thought I would as a newborn baby in Christ. I never thought I'd get to see what I've seen. But, if, but, I, but I want it for you. I want it for my grandchildren. I want them to experience and to taste. Because if you ever taste of that, Man, it ruins you in a great way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It ruins you in a great way. And, and, and I don't mean a way that puts you into depression, in a cave begging to die. No, no. But this Lord, we, we want to see your glory. We want to see the move of God that will bring thousands and thousands of people to Christ. And God, I don't know what you got in your plan book. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it'll be. But I know who you are, and I know your heart is to end the drought. I know your heart is to end the, end the virus, to put an end to this thing, to put an end to the fear that's behind the virus that's worse than the virus. But I don't want to go back to normal because there's no such thing as normal anyway. Do you know God's abnormal to this world? He is not natural. He's supernatural. And do you know God being supernatural is natural for him? Does that make any sense? And so I don't want to go back to like it was. I'm looking for something better than what it was. I'm looking and really, you know, 
and, and you know my heart on revival, I've used the term a while ago, but to me, it's not a revival. We're not re- it's, it's an awakening that this nation needs, and I pray for that. And so I want you to just, I'm, I'm telling you, I want you to get the heart, just say, God, what are you, what's, what's that still small voice saying? I believe if you'll be still with God, you'll hear abundance. You'll hear a different sound. And I'm asking you to do what Elijah did. Go up to your Mount Carmel experience. Put your head between your knees and help God birth in the earth through prayer that that he wants to do. I still believe in prayer. I get accused of not believing in it. Yeah, I believe in grace, but I believe in prayer and co-laboring and cooperating with God. And say, Father, just show me what you're up to. and Let me pray in and pray with that that you want to do. And I want it to happen in our church. I want it to happen in the city of Al Austin, this whole region. I want it to start where the area that we're responsible for. And let, the, let the fire fan go wherever God wants it to go. But God do it. I just wonder if anybody here is just, I already saw it in your hearts. But you, you going to help me say, Lord, I want to be part of this. I want to be, I, we, we want to host your move. We want to host it as a church. Lord, if you're looking for a church to cooperate and co-labor with you, Lord, we won't be that church. We want to be those people. Could it be that what the enemy is meant for harm, God being God like he always does, is going to grab hold of that thing, shake that enemy out of it, and turn this thing around for a great awakening for this nation? I pray that. Amen. You be encouraged. Let's stand with me as I pray and dismiss you today. God bless you. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for all of you being here today. Uh, actually, there's more of you here than I thought would be here. <laughs> God, help my faith and forgive my unbelief, but we're so glad you're here. It is so good to see you. Uh, I wish we could do a big hug, but we won't, but we wave at you, and we bless you in the name of the Lord. And, uh, and, and those watching by Facebook, come and be with us. I understand if you got low immune system and the doctor said, I mean, you know, do your thing. We love you regardless. Please support this house, this ministry like you've been doing. And, uh, but I'm looking for great things. How about you? Father, we thank you. We declare prophetically that we hear the sound of the abundance, the abundance over these people, the abundance over this nation. We just declare abundance, not drought, not virus, not famine, Lord God, but we declare abundance. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And, Father, so we co-labor and co-join with you, and we declare and we speak and we prophesy abundance, abundance over every family, abundance over this nation, abundance over this people. Father, we pray for a great awakening to grip our hearts for a move of God. We pray that you would awaken us to the possibilities, Lord God, and the things that you desire for this earth. Help us to hear that still, small voice, that sound, for you're declaring a different sound, Lord God. You said in the Acts, in the upper room, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. I pray that we would hear the sound of heaven. We would hear the sound that you're releasing now in the earth, God, and we would pray into that sound. We would pray that sound. We would not be reacting, Lord God, to the sound of men, but we would respond to the sound of God. We declare, Lord God, an awakening to touch this nation and for us to realize, God, that we need a gospel not in word only but one in power deed and demonstration we pray God that the eyes of the unbeliever could see the signs and the wonders and you would cause Lord God their heart to turn and their ears be open to the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ and the amazing grace of God and Father we pray that today we pray that in the mighty mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior everybody here says amen real loud God bless you